you were flagged for COVID-19 vaccine misinformation. I was literally just talking about a breast cancer vaccine. I was scrolling through Instagram and it said, it it warned me first, this story contains misinformation about the COVID-19 vaccine. And it cited a whole bunch of sources. And I was like, Alexander? No. 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 Alexander's tough. Howdy, howdy, folks. And welcome back to another episode of So Stereotypical. Where us two media creators discuss LGBTQ plus issues, media, politics, and whatever else we feel like. I'm one of your hosts, Alexander Prevost. And I am Noah Deheim. And today we are going to be... We're back. We're back. Welcome back. We're back. Uh, new year, new us. We are rested. We are blessed. We are having a great time. And, you know, why not kick off this brand new year with the latest tea in politics and the strangest crossover you could ever imagine <laughs> with one George Santos or whatever. His- None of this was on my 2023 2023- um bingo card no it was not it was not on mine either (laughs) i I don't know how anyone could have predicted any of this like a politician beefing with rue girls (laughs) fucking rue girls (laughs) okay you know what whatever his name is you know panini anthony devolder uh kitara ravash who knows who cares browski (laughs) yeah what i don't know what his name is but do we care? But, but do we care? I, I don't I don't think we do. I, I don't think we do care. We, we don't care. So you know what? Let's just we're gonna talk about this weird George Santos guy today and you know his history in politics and you know his extensive resume as well as the ongoing beef between him and a bunch of uh popular celebrities including uh popular rupaul's drag race alumni but before we get into today's episode be sure to follow us on all social media platforms you can find me on instagram and twitter at alexander prevost that's alexander p-r-v-s-t and make sure to follow me on instagram at noah dayheim that's at n-o-a-h-d-a-h-e-i-m and be sure to also follow us, the podcast, on Instagram, Twitter, and soon-to-be TikTok. Stay tuned for that. Um, but you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at so stereotypical underscore pod. Awesome. So where where do we begin with uh, George Anthony DeVolder Santos Zabrowski Katria? Uh, Katara? Katara? Katara. Katara? Who? Oh, I need my glasses who, on. Who is this um, person? Who is this yeah, man? Who, who is, who is, let's just call them George Santos because I, I guess that is what they got elected under. So. Sure. Many aliases, as we mentioned. So Anthony DeVolder, George DeVolder, Anthony Zabrowski, George Zabrowski, uh, George Santos, and Katara. Uh, Their drag name was Katari Vash. Yeah. So these are all of the names that they have gone by uh, in the recent uh, history uh, from running uh, their 2022 campaign and running their 2020 campaign that they lost. Um, Everything on his resume seems to be a lie. (laughs) And... 
I, it's just, it's very odd. So yeah, even going back to the high school that George Santos says he attended, uh, which is a prestigious um, uh, $60,000 a year uh, high school. Um, what was the name of that again? Uh, Horace Mann? Hor- yeah. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, Horace Mann. I believe that's yeah. in Mann High School. That's in... Indy no it's in New York it's in New York yeah it's in New York yeah it's in New York so um said that he attended that school the only reason he left that school I think he said senior year was because his family fell upon hard times well real quick there is no record or evidence of his attendance at all uh at that (laughs) high school so so Georgie, where where'd you go to school, bud? <laughs> you know, you know, it's okay if you went to a you know a, a public school. <gasps> oh my god! Gay gasp! He Gay gasp! Went to a public high school? Oh god! It's not like thousands of American kids do that every single day. <laughs> exactly, and he tries to rub it in everybody's face that oh, I'm this wealthy, well-off person even though uh and then he also says oh no my family had extremely hard times uh we were extremely poor we were low class well what is it is it's either one or the other um but yes starting off with lie number one he did not attend a sixty thousand dollar a year private high school Leading into lie number two, Alexander, what is George Anthony DeVolder Santos's lie number two? <laughs> so apparently he <laughs> he thinks that he argues that, you know, oh, his mother died during, you know, the tra- tragedy that was 9-11. Um, however, um, uh, it turns out that... Um, the obituary that came out about his mom was actually from December 2016, more than 15 years after the terrorist attack. So it's like, why would you lie about that? Like, <laughs> yeah. So he went into this whole thing saying that uh, she died in 9-11. And then he said, oh, no, she died a couple years after 9-11 due to cancer from um, the debris and everything. And then... Uh, just in, uh, yeah, in about 20, God, when was that? That was 2021. He did uh, send out a tweet saying, it's been five years since you passed away. I miss you every day. Something around that, those lines. Which, I um, mean, you know, rest which, in peace to his family. You know, that, that that is a terrible thing to happen. But, like, again, why would you lie about your parent dying in a national tragedy? Like, what are you doing that for? What's the what? What is the purpose of doing that? <laughs> exactly, especially when all of that is public record, and I am tending to agree with a lot of critics of his right now with the fact that I think he enjoys the attention he gets from lying. Which I mean, that's how you know he's a homosexual, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because you know that you you know that only you know only a gay man would come up with this amount of lies just to just for the attention just for the media clout. So Trump 
lied over 30,000 times in his four years in office. What the hell? (laughs) That means that that's about 21 new lies every day during his presidency. So, I mean, George Santos is getting this uh, from Trump's playbook. This is exactly, he is trying to be a little gay Trump. And it's working. <laughs> it is working. You're baby, seeing baby, it work. We already have one. Milo Yiannopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's just the new generation of Trumpism. I feel like that's what he's going to be going for is this new generation of Trumpism. Oh, I can lie and I can get away with it. There's people in power that lie every single day and I can get away with it. Now I lied to get to this place of power and I'm going to get away with it. That's what it feels like he's doing. And that is literally following in the footsteps of former president trump well i mean i think it has to go i i do agree with the point i i, I would like to contest what you're saying and that i think it does need to go a little bit further because i mean president trumpism isn't just like a form of you know political misdirect i mean it's also just it's just fascism that's what it is it's just oh, yeah, mainstreamized. Yeah. it's fascism in a mainstream context however i will say that i do think a he is certainly taking, like you said, from former President Trump's playbook and that he's using, I think, a lot of lies and just kind of saying whatever to keep the media attention on him because, one, it does good for his numbers. You know, if people are researching him, are learning about him, are talking about him like we are, you know, you know, there's obviously spaces like this where valid critique is to go on. But then, you know, you have the average, you know, naysayer you know the average layperson in the united states that might not be aware of all these things and that could lead someone who's on the fence about these issues to you know side with him or learn because they learned more about him through a lot of this misdirect and i think that's kind of the whole point of what's going on with um george santos is that he is using this political misdirect as a means of trying to keep people not focused on what he's actually passing in office, what he's actually mm-hmm. saying in terms of substantive policy. Because, and I mean, he hasn't been in office long enough for us to know if he's either trying to pass something super harmful and he wants us to be distracted from it, or he genuinely is just a full of hot air and, you know, is not very politically versed at all. <laughs> you know, he and, could just be a dumb we've seen that before. We've seen that everywhere before, where it's these people that should not be uh, holding a political office and by the grace of whatever, they somehow do get into that political office. Right. That's We saw that uh, with Trump. We saw that with Trump. Lobbyists. So, exactly. Lobbyists. So before we get into really his campaign, um, actually, this does. Uh, this it was a huge part of his campaign was his uh, Jewish claim. He claimed that he is a proud American Jew. That's a quote from him, and also saying that his family is Jewish and they his grandparents survived the Holocaust, 
Well, no family records show that his family was involved in the Holocaust in any way whatsoever. Uh, his family is actually from Brazil. And then when he was caught on his lie about uh, being Jewish, he, he corrected himself and he said, no, 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 I didn't say I was Jewish. I said I was Jew hyphen ish. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, that sounds like a punchline of like a really bad anti-Semitic joke. Like, I'm sorry. It really does. It really does. It really does. It sounds like someone that like some anti-Semitic like comedian would try to make a joke like that. Like, God damn. (laughs) Why would you say something And that's what he ran off of. That's what he ran off of. So, uh, of course, his voters are, his constituents are extremely angry about this lie uh, along with many of his other lies but especially in a political climate and uh religious climate like it is right now where the jewish community is under attack by the republican party is under attack by far right wing fascists um it is under attack by uh kanye west Speaking of which, we have not heard from Kanye West in a while. We need to we need to look up on that. Do we though? Um, Do we really need to platform him again? No, um, I don't want to talk about him anymore. I, I t- neither do I. Don't give him the but, oxygen. So, in a time where all of this shit is going on right now, he feels like, oh, now's a good time for my next lie. I'm going to tell everyone I'm Jewish. But then when I get caught, I'm not Jewish. I'm Jew-ish. It's just, it's asinine, uh, along with all of his other, other crazy, crazy lies. Which is just absolute crazy behavior. It's absolute weirdo behavior. Again, this does call to question, is he doing this as a form of misdirect, or is he just trying to, I don't know, you know, keep us distracted while he passes or works on these committees and passes really harmful bills? Well, we will know the answer to that one, I think, pretty soon here, because there's big stuff in the news coming out uh, today and yesterday, actually, um, about the main campaign finances of George Santos. Shall I get into that real quick? Exactly. Tell us more. Tell us more. Um, So... He received a large campaign donation of 70, uh, 700, sorry, of $700,000. Oh, my God. Um, but originally, he stated that that campaign finance came from his own personal savings. So let's go ahead and listen in to hear what uh, he had to say about that $700,000. This is a podcast recording on uh, War Room uh, with Matt Gates and George Santos. Uh, one of the principal critiques I've heard is that a lot of money uh, was donated to your campaign by you. 700000 I believe. Where did it come from? Well, I'll tell you where it didn't come from. It didn't come from China, Ukraine, or Burisma. How about that? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> That was his. What? That was his answer, and uh, of course, Matt Gates did not push him more on that question, because uh, why would he? He didn't give an answer, and he was basically throwing it back to the Biden administration, throwing it back to 
Hunter Biden uh, and his supposed connection with Ukraine and China. And none of this makes sense. So he avoided the question and went off on that little weird tangent saying where it's not from. Well, that wasn't the question. The question is, where is it from? So he made an update to his campaign finances paperwork uh, just the other day, marking, uh, taking away the mark, saying that that money was donated from himself. Now it leaves it blank. And the question is, where did that money come from? Because if that money wasn't donated from himself, then that is an illegal uh, campaign finance. So on top of all of this stuff regarding, you know, the campaign finances and his extreme lie, <laughs> he's also a, you know, being a, cons- a conservative politician and then also an anti-LGBTQ politician, uh, he's also been known for notoriously backing many don't say gay bells, including the one in the state of Florida, which was the famous blueprint pioneered by uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. So, which is ironic because he himself identifies as a gay man, you know, was formerly, you know, partnered with another man. And on top of that, <laughs> you know, used to perform in drag. Huh. What did um, you know that? It, I know. It, right down your wheelhouse of uh, drag. That's oh. not much that I know about. But <laughs> yet. You're yes. teaching me. We're You're getting teaching you, me. I'm we're, learning. We're working on your um, drag education as we speak. <laughs> the current narrative around conservative politicians, is, it's so ironic because, you know, they want to pin specifically drag queen performers as, you know, pedophiles, as child groomers, as, you know, the, the problem in society. They're like the current satanic panic. And yet George DeSantos himself being someone that, agrees with these things has also done it has also performed in drag before arguing quote-unquote i was young and having fun at a festival which is like you still dressed up in drag babe i don't know what else to tell you like you did it you you engaged in the art of female impersonation and you know high gender expression i don't know what else to tell you well let's hear it in his own words real quick yeah Oh. Congressman, were you, you ever, were you ever a drag queen in Brazil? <laughs> no, I was not a drag queen in Brazil, guys. I was young and I had fun at a festival. Sue me for having a life. <laughs> Sue me for having a life. God, that is... <laughs> God. Oh, all these gays. All these gays are such a problem. Oh, I don't understand why they are at least sound like that. God, these gays. Like, I'm Cher, bitch. <laughs> Whoa. George Santos, more like George shit in my pants. Am I right? Oh. You're, you're, you know who you sound like right now? What? Mike Lindell. <laughs> Stop. My bad Cher impression. Homophobic Cher. Your, your bad Cher impression sounds just like Mike Lindell. Well, li- listen, listen. It's a good li- Mike Lindell impression. It's a bad Cher impression. And I blame Trixie Mattel for that. Oh, and speaking of Trixie Mattel, did you know that she's been beefing with George Santos on Twitter? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, please tell me about this. Okay. Um. <laughs> so on Twitter... um. And this is just something uh, like this kind of we'll, we'll get into, you know, 
the ongoing meme culture and discourse around George Santos and, and a touch. But <laughs> so for our listeners that have been living under a rock, Trixie Mattel is a drag superstar. She's an alumni from the very popular reality TV competition 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 you from minnesota now from minnesota yeah i'm from, from minnesota oh you bitcha um <laughs> but um she's a popular alumni from the uh, reality tv competition rupaul's drag race uh, trixie mattel um most notably uh, known for her talk show with um Katya Zemolochkova, another Drag Race uh, alumni. And George Santos, uh, after someone did an impression of him on Saturday Night Live, he went on Twitter being like, I have now been enshrined in late night TV with all these impersonations, but they're all terrible so far. And Trixie just goes like, well, (laughs) maybe the material's not that good. (laughs) And then he reads her to, and then they continue to just read each other the filth. My favorite thing was like, when he pulled up a gif of Trixie doing RuPaul <laughs> on Snatch Game for All-Stars 3. And he's like, yeah, well, maybe you're not a good actor either. And then Trixie says, I'm not an actor. I was young and having fun at a festival. <laughs> young and having fun at a festival. And that <laughs> festival was a queer festival, I believe, and Into- surrounded by... Drag queens in, and drag in 2008 kings. in Brazil. In 2008 in yep. Brazil, and I mean, she was also interviewed by a Brazilian journalist in drag by Joao Fraga. So, who claims that you know he knew her as Kitara Ravash in Brazil, but out of drag she was known as Anthony. And this was around 2005 when she was living in uh, Niteroi. So. I mean, come on, dude. Like, the irony of this being, like, there's a whole backstory here. People, like, if if we're going by this timeline, she wasn't, he wasn't just yum and dumb at a festival. He fully had, like, a career in drag in the Brazilian, you know, queer scene. <laughs> exactly. So, no, we're not suing you for being young and having fun, but... When you are specifically going after the queer community, uh, in specifically the Don't Say Gay bill, um, and uh, all of your other horrible rhetoric, then yes, then yes, we are going to come after that. Um, because, again, it's, it's, it's hypocritical. When you yourself yeah. are demonizing the very people that you used to perform alongside... Like, that's just throwing your people under the bus. And, I mean, drag is a quintessential lifeblood of the LGBTQ plus community, especially for trans, non-binary, and POC artists. It's a safe space for them to bring out the art and the and express their pain and their joy and, you know, emotions through the art of drag. And so to see someone that used to associate with that turn on their own kin is just so it's just heartbreaking man it just sucks it's just so it, it, it is and, it's and dumb. I, I like the word that you used there hypocritical it really everything that he is saying and doing really does feel hypocritical and i feel like the reason why he would be doing this is he's just selling his soul to the rnc the Republican National Convention. He's just selling his soul to them. True saying, that. Yes, make me say whatever you want me to say. Because uh, just recently, um, he stated in an interview, uh, quote, uh, 
The flavor of the decade is same-sex couples. They're teaching in schools that kids don't need a mommy and a daddy. You can have two mommies and two daddies. That's an attack on the family unit. But you yourself are gay. You literally are going to have a partner. I don't get it. It's like... It's like these hacks, like Dave Rubin, are arguing that like, oh, kids need to have a mom and a dad and then we'll fully adopt or, you know, have employ a surrogate and then have kids. Like, it's just yeah, the hypocrisy of it all. Like, you yourself are advocating for the degradation of the institutions that are designed to protect you and keep you safe from bigotry and institutionalized harm. What is wrong with you? Like, do you hate well, yourself that much? What What I'm mainly worried about here um, is this line. They're teaching in schools. They're teaching in schools. Be, the reason why I worry about that is because a whole bunch of Republican uh, Congress people have specifically said that they want to ban um, single women teaching in schools as well as uh having queer teachers that's so just the fact that it's even giving a platform for these people that we have elected to uh, amplify our own voices they're going around and they are going to fight for a big change that is not going to be fun. (laughs) Exactly. Because at the end of the day, as we just, as we, as we've previously discussed, who is benefit, like who is being the most harmed by these, you know, don't say gay bills, you know, coming across around the United States, these bills that are banning, you know, the discussion of, you know, human sexuality and gender expression and, relationships and love who is who is being harmed the most it's the kids it's the queer kids it's the trans kids it's the non-binary kids it's these people that are trying to understand themselves in a world that on an institutional framework tells them that they are wrong or broken Mm -hmm. in some way Mm -hmm. when in reality they're no different from you or i they're no different from like i mean like yes the life's the communities, the culture, the needs of queer people are different. And that should never be, un- that should never be understated. Like we are different, but we are also the same in the fact that we are human beings trying to get along in the world. We want the same goals of love and success and community and feeling like we matter and belong. Like that's, that, 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 that makes us, there, there's, we're no different in that regard. So it's just, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but there is, there is one major thing here. And I don't know, can this be seen as an upside? I, I think it can be. Uh, he did make history. He did make history as becoming the first openly gay, non-independent Republican to be elected to Congress. That is big. Okay? That <laughs> we, we do have to admit. That, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty big deal, having the Republican Party actually elect a person who's part of the queer community even though yes he's lied on absolutely everything 
Can I contest you on that? I'm going to contest yes. you on that. I disagree. Go ahead. He's not part of the queer community. He's not. Ooh. He's not. I think this is something that's often discussed in partic- a lot of sociology, um, academic spaces, particularly in when I was taking critical race and ethnic studies classes in college. One of the things that we discussed in the intro and intersectionality classes was discussing the difference between assim- like between assimilating and rebelling by standing out, you know, being against the system mm-hmm. to be. And so one of the examples we used was the difference between being gay and being queer, being okay. LGBTQ plus and being gay. So for George Santos, George Santos is a gay man. And that is in terms of like representing like the idea of a conservative, you know, gay man being predominant in politics. I mean, I guess that could be helpful for, you know, a, you know, a young gay man or woman or non-binary person that wants to see themselves in those spaces. But on the other hand, Santos is advocating for policies that diminish the value and dignity of queer and trans and non-binary people across the United States. He's advocating, yeah. he's trying to blend into the homogeny, right? He's assimilating. He's blend. He's playing into respectability politics and assimilation politics. So in that regard, I would disagree with you. I don't think he's part of the queer community. I think he's just gay. That's it. Yeah. I think he's just gay. There's no difference. He's just gay. He's not queer. He's not one of us. He never will be. He's not. He's not one of us. Well, he's not. He's not. Yeah. Am I wrong? He's. No, you're right. You are right that there is a difference from being gay and then being a part of the queer community. And I definitely think that I think it is still a, a pretty decent deal that um, he was elected to Congress. That right. does mean something moving forward. Yes. I don't know. But yes, I, I I do agree. There there then there is a difference between the two. Right. Like a gay man to me is someone who would say something like, Oh, I don't understand why these straight women are hanging out at these gay bars. This is my space. Or I don't understand why these, you know, insert, you know, lesbophobic slur here are hanging out at my gay bar. A queer person who approaches these spaces with intersectionality in them in mind would be welcoming of everyone. That's, that's kind of the, the, the rule of thumb that I would use personally. Yeah. And I don't, I don't make claim to speak for other intersectional activists in the queer community. This is just my perspective. Yeah. Well, um, let's go ahead and move on to your bread and butter. <laughs> meme culture. Memes. Um, <laughs> Because I am off of almost all social media besides Instagram. Because <laughs> you live under a rock. <laughs> I do. I live under a rock now. You're um, welcome. This is, this is why I I'm like here, to, baby. Yeah. This is why I'm here. I'm here to help you. Just, I'm here to help you stay updated enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so go ahead. What What is the meme culture surrounding uh, George Anthony DeVolder Santos? So... I mean, if you ha- if for those of you that have been on gay Twitter, y'all know one of the current favorite reaction memes 
is a picture of like a close-up picture of Santos in drag, just like painfully smiling at the camera. Um, so Santos in drag just looks like he's actually happy. Right, right. You, that that I, I I'll give him that. I'll give him that. He looked like he yeah. looked like he was having a good time. I'll give him that. But on top of that, I think if you're on, especially if you're on Drag Race Twitter or you're on any like Drag Race meme space, which I mean, again, cross over the century. You know, you bring drag into conservative politics. You're gonna you're going to poke the beast that is Drag Race Twitter, and especially the Rue girls. And they have been taking it to, like, the nth degree. My personal favorite is people saying that George Santos in drag looks like Jan, who, for our viewers at home that are not versed in Drag Race, Jan Sport was a very popular contestant on season 12 and All-Star 6 of RuPaul's Drag Race. She's a very popular alumni. She's a very well-established, you know, she's very well-established in the New York drag scene. She's a Broadway queen. She's a very talented singer, a very talented performer. She's also a meme queen. And when, you know... (laughs) Now George Santos is part of the Janiverse. She's part of the Janiverse, you know? Instead of Jan Sport, we have Jan Sixth. Republican. Republican. <laughs> She's a Republican. <laughs> so, well, so to that I say, I have, I, to, to that, all that meme culture, I have one thing to say. Katara Ravash, you are a young, blossoming queen. But this is not your time. Now, sachet away. Sachet far, 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 far away. Get away from me. Get it. Just don't come near me. Just sachet out of the building. Sachet <laughs> off the planet. Because then you'll be doing everyone a favor by staying away from me. Because that's all I want <laughs> in this world <laughs> is just stay away from me. Um, but yeah, um, Republican. That's the new name for George Santos and drag. So if you uh, want to see a fun little meme about that, uh, Jan Sport posted something on that on her TikTok page. It's 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 really funny because she does look like she does look like George Santos and drag. So uh, or, or George Santos looks like Jan in drag, like like bad Jan. Like she looks like Jan, but busted, like a busted Jan. Yeah, busted Jan. That's another nickname for her. <laughs> So, on this topic of who is George Santos, I think the main question is that is still sticking out in everybody's mind is, is he going to resign? Should he resign? Right. Um, so, just recently, uh, Long Island, uh, Long Island uh, lawmakers, um, which is in his district in New York, were calling for him to resign. Uh, And here, this is what they said. He cannot serve anymore. He does not deserve that right. He is a stain on the House of Representatives. He's a stain on the 3rd Congressional District. So on top of these Republican lawmakers calling for his resignation, there's also Democratic lawmakers from New York uh, that are in the House of Representatives that are uh, filing ethics complaints, specifically uh, Representatives Dan Goldman and Richie Torres of New York. They uh, filed it, I think, a couple weeks ago now. This just means that there could be an investigation into George Santos. I've never heard of a congressman being under investigation or or having so much stuff come up about them so early into their career what we are in 
we're in his first month. And this is just... All of this has happened in the first month. And (laughs) everything that has come out about him has come out since December. Right. So what is going on? Um, I do. Is he going to resign? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Should he he resign? I don't know. Probably won't. Um, No, probably won't. But... Most people do lie to get into politics. Yes, that is very true. I mean, just look at his track record. He even lied that he was on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody in Hannah Montana. He lied that he was a Disney kid. Why would you lie about that? Like, wasn't he in Brazil around that time? Yes! Was he he just flying over doing... Was he just flying over? Like, Georgie, I need to know. Who are you? Who, who is are you? George I want to just know why. That's the question. I agree. Um, but recently, uh, uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, um, George Santos admitted to lying on his resume. This is what he said. I'm not a fraud. I'm not a, a criminal. And I'm not going to make excuses for this, but a lot of people overstate in their resumes or um, twist a little bit or ingrandiate themselves. I'm not saying I'm not guilty of that. I'm just saying I've done so much good work in my career. So he he's admitting to lying. He's admitting to embellishing the truth, which I mean, on the one hand, you're expected to do that, right? If you're a business person or someone trying to look for a job, you're trying to sell yourself as an applicant. You're a candidate for a position and if you want to get the position, you need to make yourself stand out in some way. So if you worked a barista job, for instance, that's not very interesting to employers, which is why you have to embellish it in some way. And I could understand what he means by that. But again, given the context of the specific situation in which we now know that he has lied about numerous things, I think, I think, you know, embellish the truth or you know, spice things up is a little different in his co- in his specific context. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all just really odd. Yeah. I don't know. Weirdo behavior. Uh, so what did we learn today? Well, I think the first and foremost, the most important thing uh, that I take away from this is... If you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, don't just go down the ballot and check mark the the R or the D. Exactly. Actually do your research into the candidates because all of this stuff that is coming out now could have very easily come out months before the election. Right. But because of the nature of the election, especially the fact that he beat a fan, you know, as in his, in his own words, beat the fan favorite, you know, I think that motivated people to do some digging, you know, it motivated people to understand who George Santos is a little bit more and why he was elected in the first place, especially, you know, in a, such a, you know, liberal state, which I mean, again, I am not specifically endorsing the democratic party in any way, by the statement, but the fact that, you know, typically the politics of New York tends to be more left-leaning, it's very interesting to see the way that that is uh, playing out. I do also think we can also take away from this conversation the power of memifying our politicians. <laughs> there's power in memifying your politicians, right? You know, there's power yeah. in, like, memification is usually a strategy used by, I mean, and, ugh, I can't believe I'm using this as an academic or, you know, in a analytical context but memification 
you know, as defined by ContraPoints in her incredible video essay uh, from 2020, Cringe, is the process of, like, turning someone into, through, like, a like a series of, like, mascotting moments or, like, really bad moments or, like, like for example, you know, um, the idea of, like, taking, like, an SJW who had, like, a screaming match with a counter-protester, taking a single moment from that, like, like interaction and turning that into a representative of all, you know, SJWs. Um, and I'm not, and again, this isn't like a pro, an anti SJW state sentiment. It's just what, you know, the rep, the typically right wing people do. Um, but the, in the inverse of that, memifying politicians in a social justice context by taking the piss out of someone who, who has power and turning them into a laughingstock because the power of cringe is, you know, can be useful. It's a, it's a, it's a powerful tool. And George Santos, if we, you know, reveal him to be the bumbling buffoon that he is, you know, people will not want to vote for him anymore, especially because he's a representative. Like, he's got a short term, baby. He's got to keep the momentum going or otherwise he's out in another year, which is why it's really important that if we continue to memify him and, you know, take the piss out of someone like him, people won't take him seriously anymore and he'll lose his platform naturally. Exactly. Um, naturally letting someone lose their platform is the best way to go. Is the best way to go. Remember, follow us on social media. Those links are in the description below. As you probably will notice, we have moved over to a Tuesday schedule. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we are very excited about the upcoming episodes. Yes, we have a lot of great stuff planned in store. It's going to be awesome. We're so excited. All right. Love you, Alexander. Love you too, Noah.